I should pay attention because I just realized that <laughs> you've been staring the side of my head. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Marathon Show, folks. We're into the happy hour here. I'm curious as I watch the monitor how long you've been staring at the side of my head. It seems like maybe a while. Yep, a while. Yep, a while. Still, still, wow. That's a good 30 seconds. Sorry about that, folks. That's kind of awkward. Uh, finally realized what was going on. Um, some people are already indicating that they enjoyed our conversation with Jim Haney there. I certainly enjoyed it. If you got questions for us, well, as we start to pay attention to some of the scores around Division Three here tonight, um, for the happy hour segment that is now upcoming, please fire away. Um, we are here. We want to hear from you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Um, we have a number of people. Well, I hope we have a number of people coming on to join us for this segment. We shall see officially. Um, and again, if you got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We've got one person ready to go in the, uh, the, the happy hour. I'm not sure if we're going to get others or not. This may be a free-for-all to some degree. We shall see. But most certainly, our good friend Ryan Scott rejoins us here on the program for the happy hour. Um, sir, welcome in. But uh, kind of like last year, you seem to be playing um, a little bit hobbled. Yeah, the same week as last year, I've gotten a crazy something in my throat. And uh, yeah, I, I woke up in the middle of the night last night because it hurt so much to swallow in my sleep. So yeah, that's where I am right now. Um, well, congratulations on finding a way to do it every single time at the same time of the year. That's pretty outstanding. Let me just say yeah. Um, a couple of scores and games, just to, for example, Augustana is going to be taking on North Central here. Uh, that game should have started. Um, we'll keep an eye on that. Marietta's playing Capital. Capital's up 10 at halftime. Uh, Stevens Point Lacrosse playing. That should be starting soon. Darn it all, I don't have any links. I'm going to have to find some links. Baron um, and LaRoche. What'd you say? Penn State Baron is hosting LaRoche tonight. That game That's got mentioned on Sunday. Uh, no. We should keep an eye on that one to be sure. Um, St. Joseph's is playing. Oh, that game against Riviera is not even close. Jeez. Riviera's um, not, not doing so well this year. Who? Riviera. Yeah, no, they're not. Um, <laughs> Illinois Wesleyan's playing Wheaton in women's basketball. That's a big game tonight. East Texas Baptist in action. It's a big night because a lot of games got moved from yesterday to today. Because of yep. the weather in the uh, in the central part of the country, in some games, half the WIAC got moved to Monday. All of the MIAA got moved to Monday. It's been a little bit of a wacky week and testing teams out a little bit here, Ryan. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of unusual, especially when we realized. I think somebody mentioned earlier we're really just three weeks away from selection, so uh, it, it's coming down to it, and uh, we're getting some interesting matchups, the ones we've been waiting for. I think. Did you yeah, mention I, the uh, the Wheaton and, and Illinois Wesleyan women are playing tonight, too? Oh, that's true. Good call. Um, Mark says, eight-hour break. I've been here for most. Great work. Especially enjoyed the Guilford segment. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Uh, we had one guy who was uh, roofing a house while listening to the show, another one who tuned in from Japan. We yeah. had some crazies here um, on the show. Um. What was the other? Oh, there's somebody had a question. Yes, Brandon says enjoying the marathon. Which conference on the men's side is the most uh, is in the best position to get the most teams in? I would argue that one's a little bit more wide open right now, Ryan, because we really, without regional rankings, we don't really have a sense of how the committees 
are dealing with removing that SOS win-loss metric? Um, yeah, I still think you're going to always save NESCAC for that one. Just because of the way they play that conference schedule, you can have more teams with fewer losses. And their SOS is always going to be fine. Um, the one thing I did notice, I was looking while you were talking with Sam, is that Amherst's non-conference SOS is below 500. And mm. if it comes down, you know, they're sort of at the bubble at this point. Um, if it yeah. comes down, that, that could be an interesting turn of events. Yeah, I saw you tweet that that metric could come into play a little bit more because... Well, let's be honest. The SOS to win-loss in the past has been so much of an easy thing to understand and make decisions based on that we tended not to get the secondary criteria that much. And as a result, that number wasn't really a factor. If, if the SOS win-loss is not as understood and it's a little bit more of a gray area and nothing stands out, as you tweeted, we might be to that secondary criteria and that number could come really into play. There's a great example of where that's not going to be the best number to have below 500. Well, and Sam brought it up a couple of times. I don't think I'd ever heard a com committee chair talk about that number that much. So it seemed yeah. like a, a red flag to me of something we should be paying attention to. And glad that Matt has it on his numbers so that we can see it very yeah. easily. Matt does some great work. Really appreciate what he does, uh, to say the least. Uh, if you've got questions for us, you know how to get a hold of us, please do so. Uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, we'll do our best to uh, answer any and all questions that you just may have. Um, by the way, uh, we were talking about, um, by the way, Bob's paying attention somewhere because he just tweeted a score. I don't know if we'll get him on the show or not. But um, we were talking about the 200th game for Hope Calvin coming up on Saturday. Bob tweeted this out earlier. It'll, this is game 237 for Illinois Wesleyan Milliken. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of games. Yeah, I just saw the double take from you. Yeah. Um, it, it is a lot of games. It caught me off guard because if there was <laughs> it's one of those games where you're like, wow, you played that many. Like, you didn't realize that that was that deep a rivalry. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just matters being around a long time. Yeah. I mean, how many of Worcester and Wittenberg played? <laughs> You know, I have no idea, but I imagine it's a lot. It's true. It's very true. Um, Jay Cozen says, off the top of your head, what was the absolute longest in terms of hours and minutes that the marathon show has ever gone? Easy answer. It was, I believe, last year, and we went over 14 hours. I was going to say, you did 14 last year, so. Yeah, we did 14 last year. There may be in a season that trumped that. I'm trying to think. They've always been 10 to 10, and I don't think we've gone past midnight except for last year. And this year we cut back mainly in part because we went 14 hours. Um, so I think that's the longest, Jay. I think last year was the longest we went. Uh, 18 hours was our insanity uh, on that one. Um, there was something else. Where was it? Darn it. Now I can't seem to find the question that I thought got raised. That's going to annoy me. I'll have to come back to whatever triggered my mind to remember it in the first place. Um, listen, I thought both committee chairs had some fascinating in, in, insight this today. I don't know of how much you've been able yeah. to listen. Um, I think I caught both of them. Yeah, I think 
I think it's one of those, here's the start of the segment, and I'm going to start just throwing that into the chat boards every chance I get, go and go listen, go listen, go listen, go listen, because Karen, I thought, did a good job of just being forthright about what the committee is, is, is thinking. Um, no, she didn't give us answers, but you get an insight on what they're doing, and I thought Sam, who's always articulate, apparently I can't speak anyway, articulate, the funny um, word to mispronounce. Yeah, I think that's a word, right? Uh, I got a degree. It's all right. Um, I thought he did a really good job of letting us understand that one, they had really good conversations. Two, they didn't they didn't go quickly, and he hinted at the fact in the past they have. And three, I loved his quote: "Take a look at the entire resume." Yeah, it's. Um... It seems like they're definitely going to be uh, maybe a little more meticulous than they have been in the past, and that's something you'd expect from Sam. He's a very numbers-oriented guy. Um, the other thing I was looking at was the makeup of the committee itself this year. You've really only got two teams that have much chance to be in the tournament. Mm-hmm. With Ramapo and Eaton, um, you may have most of the committee on for most of the call, which has not been true in the last few years. Yeah, for the selection side, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah that'll that'll be, have a, a significant impact. Granted, their second person, somebody else from the conference or the region, will step in, but it, it just provides some continuity, um, yeah. which is helpful. By the way, uh, Brennan <laughs> tweeted us a little short time ago. Gray has the jacket off early. All it took was a few North Central offensive rebounds. 5-4 North Central leads Augustana with 14 minutes in play first half. Well, I'm disappointed in Gray Giovanni. He, he took the jacket off rather darn quick in what is a very chilly upper Midwest. I was going to say, at least we know they got it warm enough inside yes. that he could take the jacket off. <laughs> or or he's going to go, whoa, wait a minute, hold on, where's my jacket? Yeah, we're going to see if it goes back on again. That right, would be and, then, and there may be, remember, if the game, well, that game's at North Central, so the Augustana fans, usually they have a tradition that the guy, their fans will have jackets on too, and they don't remove them until Gray does, and Gray will play with them. He'll sometimes not remove his jacket knowing that little trick. Uh, I would argue... <laughs> Has he ever Much, put it back on again? Never. Yeah, well, that. But my other argument is some of them might go, no, coach, I'm not taking it off today. Nope, nope, it's staying on. Yep. Too you, cold. <laughs> too cold, too cold. Um, all right, so we didn't have you on during um, Sunday's show. Bob was on, though I noticed you came in later and were at least listening in. I thought Bob had some really great takes on some things. What was your take on the number one debate? Um you don't have to reveal anything if you don't want to, though you tend to. I just I'm not trying to fish for that. I'm fishing more for what was your what was your take on on trying to deal with number one on the men's side this week? So as much as I really don't like agreeing with you, Dave, uh, ultimately I thought I was gonna bump Augustana up just from the way, you know, the eye test, which I try not to make my determinative factor, but I thought they looked better. Uh, and then I went back and looked at the resume, and like you said, they've had some closer games recently than I was I was really happy with seeing. Uh, and then the other side of that is Whitman has been looking good. So I actually went from Nebraska Wesleyan, Augustana, Whitman, and I voted Nebraska Wesleyan one, Whitman two, and Augustana three. I actually dropped them down one. You dropped Augustana one? Yeah. Really? I, I really thought Whitman had looked strong. Well, they certainly um, proved your point against Whitworth, and- didn't they? And actually, I, I just saw, not that we put much stock in the, the the metrics, but Massey has Whitman number one right now, too, which I thought was interesting. Usually, 
out there, they don't have the kind of schedule strength that, that would get them to the top of a computer ranking. So. Fair. This is about the time I will peek at Massey really to see if I'm missing somebody or if so, like they've got someone high in the top, let's say, 30 or 40 that I don't even have on my radar. Or do they have someone in a position that I've got them completely out of balance? In other words, they got someone in the top five that I've got in the top low five or not even ranked. Or they've got someone in the low 25 that I've got in the top five. I just I want to see it because now I think their numbers are a little bit more solid. So it's interesting that they got Whitman number one. I, I tend to turn to that about this weekend every year. Um, yeah. Interesting. I, I didn't mean to steal your. I, and now I understand why Bob probably voted before um, he listened to the show. Uh, though he nearly got me on the argument. I did as well, by the way. I just happened to agree with your rationale. I did vote beforehand. Yeah, whatever. No, I'm just joking. Um, don't ruin this for me, Ryan. Um, it, it, by the way, side note on the women's conversation and it, it, somewhere where they people think that I have influence on the voters. I think Ryan and Bob can prove to you I don't. Uh, <laughs> though I thought the funny thing was when I was doing my my bracket, Bob's points also kind of j- drove me to almost swap my decision. I think what I what held me firm was saying, listen, I've said this already. I can't go and swap it now. I also did feel good about my thought, but I thought Bob presented a good point on why he was going with Augustana, too. By the way, Loris is killing me. Um, First off, there were some who felt that they should have been higher, apparently forgetting the fact that they had lost to Wartburg. And I wrote my blog. Oh, by the way, don't forget, Dubuque's going to be play. They're playing Dubuque this week. You know, they got to they got to think about that. They gotta be ready for that. They already lost to Dubuque last week. I'm calling a game, and I either I think you were the one who sent a message, and I got it on my phone. I went, they freaking lost to Dubuque. <laughs> Apparently, the Dewhawks okay. don't like Dubuque, and once again, you are gonna sit here with a team who's capable of beating the top two teams in the country, but can't get the job done against a team they should be ready for because it's a rival. Yeah, I mean. That may have something to do with it. Loris is just incredibly dependent on the three-point shooting, um, maybe more so than, than almost anybody uh, in the country. They beat Nebraska Wesleyan because they shot something like 78% from three in the second half, something ridiculous. Um, their players are really good and really talented, but I think we've seen this year that just having a talented starting five doesn't always get you where you want to be. Um, ultimately, that's been... One of the big things I've considered voting this year is is not just how good the team is, but are the results matching up with with the talent that they put on the floor? Um, and I don't know that that's that's always happened for everybody. Um, and to me, that is the big downside from Augustana. I mean, I think if you're looking at the floor, those five guys they put out there are are incredible. Um, and obviously, they've only lost one game, but maybe they should be winning some of these by a little more than they have been. I don't know. Yeah, it's it just shows you though that it's it's a lot more interesting in the top twenty five now than it used to be, um, the and and teams are I mean listen there's a huge target on the back but this kind of gets me to my next question can can Augustana go undefeated? You mean in the conference? Yeah, uh, I don't honestly like I think the odds are better they do than don't at this point. Um, we just haven't seen. Uh, another CCIW team that's playing on their level this year. They've had some close games, but you know, uh, as as I told him, it's 
something gets close, Nolan Evil wins. That's just what seems to be happening this year. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. It's if it's close, Noble Evil wins. The other one that I th- I actually kind of enjoyed that I made up was, um, what is it? A- Ashton Wheaton goes by Ashton Fran or Ashton Francis or something. Well, oh, now I've forgotten my basically the the idea that Wheaton will succeed or fail based on how Ashton Francis does. Um, but I I came up with a little bit better terminology. I, I'm now cheating because yeah. I got to go find it. But um, I think that's what it is. Is we've got a bunch of CCIW teams that are strong, but maybe not as as deep as they have been in the past. And Augustana's depth and the fact that they really can rely on four different guys to be the leading scorer, even even against a good team, um, is is not something the other teams in the conference really have. Here it I was. Mean, as goes right. Francis, so goes Thunder. Right. I mean, but you've got like, you know, Francis and, and Brady Rose and Raritan. Um, if those guys aren't having a good game, they're not beating Augustana, you know? <laughs> um, and I think the, the odds of one, one of those guys really coming out on top against, against Augie, just not that great, especially with so few left. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, sorry, just joining us. Jake asks if Wags is going to join Happy Hour tonight. Unfortunately, Wags will not be joining us tonight. Um, he has a, some other commitments that he had to make. We uh, would love to have him, but we understand that entirely. Uh, Jeff says, great game in Naperville. Um, having the game on mute and listening to you and Ryan. Well, that should make for an interesting play-by-play. Uh, <laughs> I should pull the video up. We can just do it. We yeah. can do the play-by-play for him. There you go. By the way, hint, hint, whip around. I, I'm half, actually half-tempted, and Ryan knows some of the backstory behind this. I'm half-tempted to go whip around this year. I think we might – I forgot to ask Sam that. It's a screw-up on my part, but we'll try and get an answer from Sam. The men's committee is looking, from what I've been hearing – of trying to spread out the games if they can so that we can enjoy them all day long. Imagine if we had a 12-hour broadcast. Okay, that might be a little crazy. Now now you say it that way, this doesn't sound like a bright idea anymore. Um, I'll take that back. Um, By the way, Augustana has got a 17-13 lead with 8.56 remaining in the first half. Currently a 17-15 lead um, as uh, Meredith Blaze hits a layup. Um, so there you go, uh, Jeff. I gave you a little play-by-play. We've also got uh, Capital putting the finishing touches on Marietta. They are now up uh, 17 with under a minute to go. So that one's pretty much over. Uh, that'll be the second win by Capital over Marietta. That's that's going to put them. That's huge. Good position. That is absolutely huge. Um, that's really impressive to say the least. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, what was the other thing? Someone said, um, Oshkosh beat or Augustana lost to Oshkosh twice last year. Yes. Maybe I'm missing something, Dan. What's the larger point to that statement? Um, maybe he's talking about the evil conversation to that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know, but uh, it's also last year. Um, Apparently, Coach Raritan has earned himself a technical foul. Hold on. Oh, no, maybe he's just predicting. It's our usual friend trying to predict things on a particular account. Um, I know you don't watch women's basketball as much, but were you watching the top 25 
or at least the vote for number one play out to some degree. I found that fascinating on what voters were going to have to consider. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I feel like it's the safe move what's happened. Um, Thomas Moore's really good. We all know they're really good, but they're going to essentially go two months without playing a competitive game. Um, it's hard to give them number one status for that whole time. Um, and, and I think we mentioned this with Gordon at some point that it could be the second weekend of the tournament before they play a competitive game and going into that kind of environment without a whole lot of, of, you know, real game under your belt is, is going to be difficult. Yeah, I agree. Uh, a, a really different kind of concept to things to, to some degree. I'm fascinated by it myself. Um, but I was really fascinated that, you know, what eventually broke it, and it was a solid win by Bowden over a team um, that, you know, had been kind of their, their, their Achilles heel for a while. Yeah, I mean, that's proving something. And, and I think Gordon mentioned earlier today, I did catch his, his segment too, that um, Thomas Moore's wins aren't as impressive now as they were when they happened. Um, Bowden's going to have a lot of chance to play good teams down the rest of the way into the NESCAC tournament. Um, and I do think, you know, whether we want to admit it or not, the fact that this is Thomas Moore's last year, there's been some controversy in the past. There may be some hard feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, it may be easier to recognize a team that has been around for a while, and it will be around for a while. Um, who knows? No, you. It's a good point. Yeah. No. It, I. I. Yeah. I. I think that's fascinating. Uh, I'm disappointed. Thomas Moore is personally leaving. Um, I understand all the reasons behind it. I had to tell someone, I was reminded about it as I talked to somebody the other night about it. Um, uh, I'm going to miss Thomas Moore because I think they brought a good program there. I think Jeff Hans is a great coach. Yeah. Unfortunately, things that he's not necessarily directly involved in has tainted Thomas Moore to some degree to the point that they're not in their conference. And if anybody wants to believe the narrative that they were, um, they left it voluntarily, go ahead. You can believe it all you'd like. Um, that's not the truth. <laughs> well, I mean, that. regardless of what you know, you generally don't leave a conference without one to go into, and they certainly didn't have one, which is kind of sad. But you need a conference if you're going to compete. Just got a tweet. I don't know. Did you hear the Jim Haney segment? Yes. Part so, of it. Tweet just said, foul every second. This is horrible to watch. Hey, adjust your style. Maybe you should do that. Um, I found which game? What... Is that the Augie game? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of what you kind North of expect Central's it, right? Been. Yeah. Well, North Central's been a little more physical since they've lost a couple of starters. So true. That's not. true. I found Jim's thoughts tr fascinating. You know, the idea that not only is he going to be taken off, literally, he will be in a room in Indy, putting the officiating sheet together, is impressive. Yeah. The idea of sending officials who maybe deserve a tip of the hat to places like the D3Hoops.com Classic is outstanding. Um, how they're going to train officials, make them better, the idea that review may be mandated from his point of view, all of that to me was fascinating to hear. I love getting that point of view from him, but imagine we never had these kinds of conversations in the past about what could be done to improve officiating. Not only are we having them, but we're seeing it in action. 
Yeah, and I think especially for the tournament with 16 hosts, it shouldn't be that hard to mandate replay for 16 top-level teams that want to host these games. Even if they don't have it on a regular basis, it, it's not overly strenuous to bring it in for yeah. you know, tournament games like that. I think that would be a great idea, um, especially since it's it, they have it at the Final Four. To make sure that all the rounds have the same access is, is important. I mean, the real challenge is you can't bring a system in necessarily. Um, well, right. You have to have enough. The school's <laughs> going to have to have some type of system in place. Right. If you start telling them, I mean, we couldn't say now, right this minute, you right. need to have a replay system in place for 30 days from now. Because if you want to host, and by the way, your paperwork's got to be done well before that. So really, in, in three weeks, you need to have a replay system in place that's going to be ad- acceptable. You couldn't do that because no, no, it's not fair to any of the schools. But if you were to say now or at the end of the season, by next season, you need a replay system if you want to host, you're going to have some who, who scream bloody murder about it. But then you've been given a year to fix it. Yep. And you've been given a year to figure out. And by the way, I'm a consultant. I'd be happy to come into your school and help you figure it out. Uh, yes, there is a charge, but I'll be fair. And I promise I'll be fair. But that, that, that is something that I think is evolutionarily coming. I'd like to get it here yep. sooner rather than later, but I can appreciate why it won't be sooner. Um, but it's nice to hear someone of his status say, yeah, I don't know when, but it's coming. Yeah. And I was just referring that most of the big programs at least have a decent enough broadcast right. that it wouldn't be it wouldn't be starting from scratch necessarily to get replay capabilities in most places. I'd agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Um by the way, um, um what was I gonna say? Oh, some conferences like the UAA have already mandated this. Yeah. So it's for some it's not gonna be that much of a leap. Did we see was it the ASC that is as well? I feel like I've yeah, seen a lot. Yeah, the ASC like, is another AS- one. Yep. Um, CCIW might have something in place, but I forgot to ask Chris what exactly it is. Um, Dave, during your conference, uh, conversation, ironic, I just called up an email. Dave, during, this is from Ken. He says, during your conversation with Jim Haney, you mentioned that Division Three may start using video review in a few years. Hey. Um, after viewing the video streams of many different teams this year, it appears the video capabilities of many schools do not current provide a sufficient level of quality to allow a meaningful video review. Please provide video review. My first wish would require password-free, on-demand game replay for all schools. Well, first off, remember, um, password-free, on-demand games, well, password-free at least, um, is mandated for the NCAA tournament anyway. So if you're going to host NCAA tournament and have video streaming, you absolutely have no choice but to make those games free. So that would be eliminated anyway. Second of all, video review can, believe it or not, be done with a single camera if you do it right. You don't need multiple cameras to do a review. You may not be able to overturn a call. You may not have the perfect angle, but you could at least have review, especially of shot clock violations, time on the clock violations, maybe somebody in the lane. You can zoom in if you have the right tools. So you may look at it and go, well, they don't have a lot of bells and whistles. That doesn't mean you still couldn't do review. Um, he says before providing video review, my first wish would be password free on demand video. Well, Ken knows probably he's teeing one up for me here because I am of the, of the opinion that we need that stuff in terms of having password free and on demand available. Um, 
I don't disagree, but I think you can do both. I, by, by the way, that what you're asking for can be done um, without worrying about costs because it's just a matter of, of settings. The review stuff, though, for the NCAA tournament, considering we have it in the Final Four, is why I think we need to have it starting to mitigate down throughout the rest of the tournament. We have um, official um, commercial breaks at the championship game because CBS is, a, is involved, and Turner Sports doesn't technically need them. I don't, I don't have t uh, TV timeouts in other sports that I cover in soccer and, and lacrosse, but that's now mitigated its way all the way through the tournament as well. So that's why I say it should be coming in place, and I think those two conversations are very different. I, I, the the password-free, on-demand, available, you know darn anybody who's asked that question knows how I feel about it. Ryan does too. But that is not mutually – we don't have to have those either-or conversations. They can both happen at the same time if we wanted to. There, yeah, I, that and I, I think you'd have a hard time mandating it across all games, regular season and everything, because there are some small schools that really just have somebody with a camcorder, you know, moving it back and forth at the top of the stands. And I, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure you get a lot of pushback for the investment that would have to go in for that sort of thing, but Listen, definitely for the tournament. I don't disagree. You will get pushback, but at the same time, pushback always results in progress and so and second of all and that's why i'm dead serious about the consulting side it's not as hard as people think it is you can get this put in place without it being overly complicated you don't need the dv sports system that d1 and and the nba have um i'll mention schools because i might as well at stevenson university we had the capabilities because they have a tricaster yeah new anymore but top of the line stuff they happen to have a they 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 put their games on the local cable on the on the on the in-house cable for the school. There's a cable jack that happen happens to be near the, the press row. They run the video out. They just have that channel up on on that computer. They've got a simple communication setup that we had. Yes, we were using TriCasters, but we just showed the review on the broadcast too. If I'm running it at the D3Hoops.com Classic, I've got. A single cam high going back and forth. We might have them tighten it a little bit, but a single cam high going back and forth. With my production truck software, I can hit out on a review and put it onto a monitor for, for them. I can maybe toy with it and zoom in if I need to. It takes some practice, but once you're able to do it, I haven't spent that much money to do it. Well, and that's the thing is if you've got some of these, the, the companies that are helping schools broadcast, if they're making it easier to do through the, the software and the interface you've already got, that'll make it easier for some of the smaller schools too. Yeah. I just think like I obviously went to a small school with a small budget and I know they struggled to even get enough personnel to, you know, man the table every week, let alone do all the technology we'd need for that sort of thing. Yeah. I just, for some schools, they have to understand that the technology, but here's the, what I was really going to get to the technology is not as hard, but if you're given a year advance warning, Maybe two, maybe two. To know it's coming, get ahead of it. Figure it out. And maybe this pushes you to do a better video broadcast in the first place. By the way, no web streaming on a school's campus should not include both the ability to make this um, an educational experience for the students on campus. Because this is, I mean, these students are doing it in high school nowadays. So make it an educational experience, but also make it a job. Make it a real-time job. You do both. You're actually fulfilling the school's um, 
destination. That's not the right word. Um, uh, job, I guess, by providing an educational experience and a, and a real-world ex, uh, job experience. You can do both. Um, by the way, the two descriptions I have, Stevenson Jews and TriCasters, which is obviously more expensive, bigger technology. McDaniel College is using production truck. They figured out how to do it. You can do it with Wirecast nowadays. Most schools are using those three technologies for the most part. Uh, we're not talking about technologies you don't already have. Yes, it's going to take some out-of-the-box out, out thinking for some schools, but if you think your team's got a chance at hosting and you know that you need to solve this in a year to make sure they host, you will solve it. Right, and that's where I think it is. Is if it's a, If it's a tournament thing, if it's a hosting thing, I think that's very appropriate. Um, Dave, just wondering, have you ever been to a game at DeVos Fieldhouse? If not, uh, what do you expect? With Hope leading D3 in attendance for the last 16 straight years, it's a pretty crazy environment. For reference, last year their average attendance was higher than half a Division I team's crazy stuff. Well, first off, let me just mention that uh, attendance numbers are a little bit deceiving. Um, there are some schools that, like Ryan and I are very familiar with, will look, the SIDA will look up, look around, go, ah, it looks like a 50 people. Um, I know Hope's got a solid number. What I'm trying to say is don't, don't get jazzed up about the D1 numbers. They're probably doing the same thing. That said, obviously, Hope has enough people there to still probably outnumber them. I have been to the DeVos Fieldhouse for the Women's Championship the last time they had it there. I think it was the last time they had it there. I might be, no, they've had it. They may have had it there since. Um, Amherst, Williams, Whitewater, and DePaul were there. That's the year DePaul won it, right? Do I have the right year? It was 2013. I don't know. You need to look for the year. Um, I know what the year was because uh, it was the year the men went to Atlanta. I'm just going to look up, make sure. I'm pretty sure DePaul won the title in 2013. My brain is, yeah, they were 34 and 0. Of course they did. Um, I so I've been there for that, but obviously Hope Calvin were not involved, so I didn't get that experience, and I can't technically mark it off as having seen the field house because Hope wasn't playing in it. So I am looking forward to seeing the uh, field house. In full Hope Calvin mode, granted the teams aren't at their best, but I don't think that takes away from the game. Um, and, again, I don't know where I'm sitting, but I know I've gotten in. That's all that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that really matters. I'm not sure if we're going to get Bob and Pat to join us. Um, you know, BJ Spiegelmeyer might join us here in a little bit. Um, Pat is at rehearsal. And Pat Bob got confused on to what date. He says, I, I, I don't know that. Um, he says, I have an IWU, IWU game currently. My reply to Bob was, you can watch the IWU game and still participate in happy hour. We know this because he's able to use multiple computers, as I do, to do his segment on the show. If you didn't see the behind-the-scenes tweet from Bob on Sunday, it was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, so, Bob, come on. Get with it. Um, by the way, Mount Union women's basketball. Shout-out to Rachel Tink Tinky. 19th point uh, uh, so far in her game is now the 16th player to score 1,000 points for Mount Union women's basketball. I say that because Mount Union tagged me on it, so I figured I'd mention it. Uh, no, don't tag me now on everything. I will not mention everything. Um, let's see if anybody else has mentioned us on anything. Not yet. See if we've gotten, gotten some emails and chat. Folks, email us. Um, message us on, on the threads. Frank Rossi now tuning into the game. Hello, or to the show. Hello, Frank. Um, oh, there, Lenny mentioned in our show, too. Chris uh, says, we have a pretty advanced live stream setup. And I think it would be simple. 
it would still be quite a task to add official replay. Chris, I know what you have for a setup. I, I, I just know what I've done at schools myself, and I know how simple it can be. Um, it doesn't mean it can't be overthought, and it doesn't mean it can't be overcomplicated, and it doesn't mean that some schools are going to do this perfectly. But basic video review. I've seen schools rewind the video stream to make sure the clock and the time on the clock was accurate. Remember, do you remember that controversy a couple of years ago, Ryan? CCIW game came down to a final shot, and the review was to rewind the stream on a laptop. Yeah, I, I, I you what have was more that? details in your memory than I do, but I do remember a game where they did that, and we were all sort of going, is that allowed? Yeah, right. <laughs> and I remember going back and forth with Chris Martin about it. I think I, I bugged Chris too much on that. Um, so, yeah, Chris, I and different Chris I'm replying to on the stream, I get what you're saying, that it can be complicated. I also know that video web streaming sometimes for some schools has been made over complicated, not, not what people do, but when people are thinking about doing it, whomever they've talked to have made it seem like video streaming is, you got, there's one school in our area, I kid you not, in my area in Baltimore, a Division One school, who is video streaming, they brought in an actual TV production truck, you know, an 18-wheeler, to do basketball. I've talked with their SID. I've told him he's insane. But they bring in an actual TV truck to do the stream. That's where I think some people don't understand it can be simpler. It can be done simpler. Is it perfect? No. Are you going to have the best angle and everything? No. But you have some basic review that the officials can at least decide if they want to see it. I had a review last night. The camera angle didn't show the clock like it was supposed to. Trust me, the camera operator got an earful about it. It happens that it doesn't work out, but I, I don't think it's as complicated as people want to make it seem. You can make it complicated and do a heck of a job, but Ryan, you and I have watched some streams where they have made it complicated and still don't do a good job with it. Yeah. So, um, Chris, I get we, your uh, point, but we got a couple of halftime scores real quick oh, go here. Go for it, yeah, go for it. I love to hear. So, Oxana is up thirty-three twenty-eight. So, a five-point game at the half there against North Central, and we've got Stevens Point twenty-seven, Lacrosse twenty-three at the half. I kid you not. I have three other people who have now messaged me also that same Augustana score. All right then. So clearly, people are are doing do double duty here. Tune I mean, into us while also tune into the game. St. Thomas is up by 24 at the half. I didn't even feel like it was probably worth mentioning. Who are they playing? McAllister. Gotcha. Did you mention the Stevens Point game? Yes. Okay. I, I thought you did, but I didn't want to jump to a conclusion. Um, all right. Any other questions, send them our way. You can tweet them at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can send them into the chat boards. Whether you're on Hoopsville's, uh, by the way, we have been live streaming simulcast on Facebook now for eight hours and 44 minutes. Facebook Live has has evolved as well. If people remember the past, we used to have to stop and start the stream every couple of hours. Uh, as a result, I also have an eight hour and 42 uh, minute full file of this show, which means the audio is going to take a while to load and turn around for podcast. <laughs> um, but how about that? that you know, we're simulcasting as well for that long. We've got one other halftime score. Go for it. Uh, St. John's is down by eight to Bethel at halftime, 34-42. Yeah, 
Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, let me see if there's any women's scores that jump out of me here real quick. Some of them I might have to dive into. Uh, Mary Hart and Baylor got a win over McMurray. No surprise there. St. Joseph's of Maine won 105-68. So no Hoopsville jinx with them tonight. Uh, East Texas Baptist beat Ozarks 80-56. to Oh, I should be keeping an eye on that Illinois Wesleyan Wheaton game. Illinois Wesleyan uh, starting in the third quarter leads Wheaton 32-28. Um, Wartburg beat Simpson 88-73. Transylvania is clicking along, man. They got a win over Earlham, 81-52. Transylvania women now are 18-2. They have not lost since a game on the road to Rose-Holman on December 8th. That's impressive. Um, I'm sure there's some other games. I got a Penn State Baron LaRoche score, but it's women, so I won't give Ryan yeah, a hard attack. Yeah, the men's score is not pretty. It's not? Is it going oh. the opposite way you thought it would be? Um, I mean, LaRoche has proven to be the better team this year. So, See, didn't you they're, predict they're all that 30, that would go the other way? They're up 30-14 to 14 at the half. Oh, I see that. Jeez. Well, we'll get LaRoche on here. Um, Baldwin Wallace beat Ohio Northern in women. Wow. Granted, Ohio Granted, Northern Ohio. not as strong. Hey, look who just joined the show. I guess my oh, peer pressure I'm worked. Focused. You know, oh, the, there the, he the is. looking games at halftime, so I just rolled right on in. I thought maybe some peer pressure about multiple computers would sat get you to uh, realize your error, sir. Yeah, I uh, I realized. Look, I if there's a happy hour, I want to be there. <laughs> Good thinking. The, By the way, awesome the, shirt. What's the yeah. score, Bob? The Titans are up either eight or nine. I'm not really that engaged in the season. I would know if if we were fighting for a pool C bid, I would tell you the exact score. It's about an eight or nine point lead over the Big Blue. That's what I got for you. Hey, uh, Bob. The, the wheels have come off. What's happened, buddy? Are we talking the Titans? Or do we have yeah, to do Yeah, we're talking the Titans, sir. Yeah, it's been a tough year. You know, it's the weirdest year that I can remember as an Illinois Wesleyan fan because it's a very talented team. And I've never seen a team this talented where the pieces just didn't come together. Um, there's also, you know, a part of it that's what about six of these eight losses? Seven of the losses have come in the last minute of the game, uh, and so there's just a little bit of strange stuff going on. And uh, certainly, I'm just hoping the Titans can make the conference tournament and pull off a miracle. We'll see. Well, you you have the perfect year because it's a it's a larger tournament for the CCIW. Yeah, I mean, for a long time I was against six teams and. <laughs> Here I am needing six teams. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the irony of that, sir, is not lost to me. Yeah, now, in my defense, um, I, oh. did actually, uh, I did actually argue for the six teams because with four teams, you didn't play enough games to help your pool C chance. With six, you know, you've got teams that can win a couple games before losing. So six to me right. is a mathematical uh, good call. Okay. See, I see how you play this now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I first and foremost, welcome to the program. Uh, I always love having you on here. Um, we also have an update: Stevens Point's leading Lacrosse, twenty-seven uh, twenty-three, and Augie is leading North Central, thirty-three twenty-eight. Um, had you on Sunday, and interestingly enough, Ryan earlier in the in this happy hour admitted um, that 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 he I 
that he had the same thought that I had, which threw me because usually he doesn't agrees with me. <laughs> um, but I, I'll say what I said. Your conversation, your comment about why you're voting for Augustana, I nearly changed my mind. I, I started going back. I started to 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 to, to kind of waver a little bit. There's two reasons I didn't. One, I'd already said publicly what I was doing, both on air and on the boards. I felt like that would have been a little weird to change my mind. And second of all, ultimately it came down to me under, you know, what I'd said to you. I was a little leery about Augustana's tight results. But how about Loris losing losing Dubuque? It's funny. It's that kind of year. You know, you you, you look at Loris, they've beaten number one and number two, and then they've gotten swept by the team in their own hometown, Dubuque, who's certainly not number one or number two. It, it's just, it's one of those years. And I think, Dave, you know, there's four teams that you could vote number one and no one could argue about. Uh, in fact, what all four of those got a number one vote. Oshkosh got one of them. And I don't think if, you know, whoever voted for Oshkosh, to me, they could make a great case. Yeah. Their, their only loss is to Aston Francis. Uh, I never say Wheaton, by the way. I only say Aston Francis. <laughs> you were talking about that earlier, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, their only losses to Wheaton. And you look at Nebraska Wesley, and they have one losses to Loris. Augustana's one losses to Loris. And and certainly Whitman, their one losses to, what, Pomona Pitzer. So, uh, look, those four teams, whatever you want to go, you can't argue that. Now, what I will argue is your boys – the Whitworth Pirates. I will continue to pour salt in the wound. It's not my wound. I had Matt Logie on the show earlier. He was more than willing to talk about uh thing. I, for example, did not know that Kyle Roach was extremely sick in the game against Willamette, um, though he still played 34 minutes, and Matt would not use that as an excuse. I should point that out. That doesn't necessarily matter in that game. but Well, yeah. I mean, he, that's what he said. He said, listen, you know, Roach was sick, but um, – and so I get that they weren't 100%. He probably wasn't 100% against Whitman. I was impressed, actually, how they nearly came back on Whitman um, in their game. But they ultimately lost by 12. I, I'm a little leery now of my opinion on Whitworth. I still think they're, they're better than many people think they are. Um, I'm a little worried they're, they're going to force the committee into a situation where they can't split them. But I don't know, if Ryan, if you heard this. Bob, I, I didn't, it didn't dawn on me until just today. Whitman women are playing pretty well right now. Women have first priority in the first weekend on hosting. Curveball could come to force the men's hand that the women don't have, you know, they can't host at Whitman. Isn't the uh, the curveball, isn't it? The, the curveball is Whitwear's strength of schedule. Like, isn't there, I'll pull up uh, Matt. I don't have his numbers in front of me. I'll pull up Matt Snyder's data here, but I'm thinking that Whitworth is not any type of high seed whatsoever at no. this point. Um, let's see. Well, let's also remember, and and by the way, if you get a chance, you really need to go back and listen to Sam Atkinson, men's committee chair. That .03 to 2 game thing's gone. Right. It's history. So that SOS may not be as strong, but that doesn't mean other criteria isn't going to maybe still buoy, for lack of a better description, yeah. Whitworth. And I don't know this off the top of my head. I'm kind of just five spitballing. Nine. So there's you know, 509, that is in, in a in a pool C seating conversation, a 509 is a low SOS, you know? So you yep. talk about probably 530 is, is where you want to be. Um, so I don't think Whitworth 
is necessarily putting themselves in a position because of the SOS to be someone that you try to split up. I just think that now that they have three losses, um, including two of them that are, you know, a little four. Yeah, four. I'm sorry, four and, and two of them are a little strange. I just think they're going to be sort of a team you throw in and you put them wherever you need to. Yeah, I, and that's why I said I think they're playing themselves into a situation where the committee can't split them out. Because um, you got to figure well, they might take one more loss. They also could win the AQ, as they did last year. Certainly they could, and that's this kind of year, right, is that all of a sudden Whitworth wins the the NWC's <laughs> AQ and, and Whitman's the, the best pool C on the board. That could happen. By the way, Texas-Dallas is 15-4. and four. Yeah, Texas-Dallas is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, good point. That's a fair point. I guess their last loss was the one that was the biggest head scratcher. Oh, and and yeah. it's funny because Matt Logie said in the last two years, we have one bad loss. And, and he's obviously spinning there, but his point being, that Willamette loss was bad. He he didn't spin it any other way there. Here, um, here's my theory is that, is that, you know, I've just been a little dubious on Whitworth because I feel like in my gut that Whitworth on a neutral court is somewhere near where, let's say, North Central is in the CCIW, v- barely cracking the top 25, somewhere in that range right there with Wheaton and North Central. And I feel like because of their schedule, two years in a row, they float up into the top 10 sort of for free. And I just don't know who they've beaten this year that would indicate that they're an elite team. I could so, be totally wrong. Could be totally wrong. So ironically, I've seen both teams on a neutral floor this year. That's correct. You have, and I thought Whitworth was far better. That, and I can't say that I've seen um, Whitworth, obviously. So, can I you say know, Whitman again? You said one of the wits. I think yeah. you said the. <laughs> My wits are out. Uh, well, you- I did mean Whitworth if I misspoke. But uh, listen, and 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 you and I discussed. I, North Central confounds me because they continue to win. Um, and I can't figure out how, but then they also have losses like ONU, ONU that I sit there going, oh, huh? Yeah, no, they have two losses that are just complete head scratchers. They're playing right now as we speak. They're yeah. playing off the stand. I believe they're losing by five or six yep. or seven. And again, and I, time. I said it, you know, Sunday when we talked that I just couldn't see North Central winning that game. I don't know, Ryan, if if you've seen, I know you've seen Augustana a lot this year, Ryan, and you know, what's your take on them versus, say, Nebraska Wesleyan? What's your opinion there? So you missed it that we talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, I think Augustana is probably the straight talent, the most talented team in the country. And I was telling Davis that some of these games feels like they shouldn't be as close as they are with the talent yeah. they've put out there. And that's really been my biggest hesitation. Um, you know, a team like Nebraska Wesleyan, we saw what they did last year. They didn't have a great regular season. They put together a run at the end because they've got a ton of talent. Um, and just the discipline they played with leads me to, to kind of keep them ahead. Um, but it's, you know, I mean, at this point, it's, it's, yeah, it's a tough one. Because... Such a tiny division. I mean, Oshkosh is super talented, too. And you, we don't even hardly talk about them. <laughs> yeah, I think with uh, Augustana, you do have to look at the fact that Elmhurst almost had them. You know, yep. Carthage almost had them. Wisconsin Stevens Point had a three-pointer from the corner at the end of regulation to get them. They lost to Loras. And I, I would agree that based on their pure talent, you wouldn't have expected um, 
those games to, to have been close. Um, so I, I'm really impressed with Augustana, but I do think they've had a little bit of like, huh, I don't know what that game means sort of things. I mean, given the way that the other CCIW teams have been playing this year, I'm, I'm not sure why they've had so many close games. I mean, I know we always talk about it as a competitive conference, but it really feels like Augustana is a cut above the rest of the league this year. Hey, there's no question that they, they have. It's not so much just their pure talent. It's just their pure talent. It's their, their veteran leadership, their defense. You just put it all together, and they're definitely a notch above whoever is second best. And yeah. uh, I do, yeah, especially at home. The Elmhurst game was at home. The Carthage game was at home. The Stevens Point game was at home. Um, you know, that said, look, you look over the course of the whole season, they've lost one ball game. And uh, right. it's, it's a tough call. It's a tough call between those two teams. I'll just mention we got about 30 minutes left here tonight because uh, I do have to pack for a trip. Um, I am headed to Holland, Michigan for the Hope Calvin 200 game. So as much as we love going forever, we got 30 minutes before I'm going to cut it off because I, I would like to pack uh, That's tonight. A, I was actually um, – Trying to figure out, I wonder what, I have no idea where to find this, what college basketball matchup has the most games played? You know, like that's a 200, that's a big number. Well, you blew me away with a number between IWU and Milliken today. 237? Tonight's 238 between Illinois Wesleyan and Milliken. The first one was 1909-1910 season. So what's the biggest? What's that? Isn't isn't like Hamline or some of those Minnesota schools, aren't they some of the oldest? Probably. Programs. I feel like maybe like, something. Yeah. yeah, who's got more than that that two thirty eight Wesleyan and Milliken? There there's gotta be a bunch, but boy, those go way back. Who, who whatever those are that have more than that. Yeah, I agree. I, I gotta look it up. By the way, um North Central's come out with a little bit of vin and vinegar. Uh they have hit two threes in the second half. It is thirty six thirty four Augie, seventeen and a half left. Yeah, that'll um, be worth following because you know, the thing that North Central has is, first of all, they're, they're extremely well coached, and they have one of the better players in the country in Connor Raritan, and he's a very, very tough matchup. 6'6", six, 3'4", six, player, plays some point guard, uh, really tough matchup. Yeah, agreed. Um, by the way, someone had a question. This might be interesting to have a conversation about. Maybe a little too early, but also good. What do you think the race for the men's player of the year looks like right now? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I got a bunch of these that I was interested in. The, the National Player of the Year is interesting, but I'm even thinking, we talking about regions, too. Um, could be an interesting conversation, especially for some of the smaller regions. Um, well, well, let's start regionally. Uh, pick a region. Who do, you, who do you like? So I want to throw one out there that uh, I think in the East region, the name that we forget, Kevin Dennis at Morrisville State, might be the best player in the East region. Yeah, he... Um, what was the game I watched? And I don't know why I ended up watching, but that that kid can play. Yeah, and it's re- like ridiculous, and no one knows who he is either. No, you know? well, he was he was the top. I think he was the freshman of the year for the region two years ago, and then he just I don't know if he was hurt. He just had a bad year last year, and so I think we forgot a little bit about him. But he's averaging like twenty two and fifteen or something ridiculous like that this year. And I think you know, obviously the the region that I follow close as the central and i mean i think your your favorite for both the central and the national player of the year would have to be aston francis he is leading he's leading every level of college basketball in, in points per game so if you look at division one two three and nai one and two at 33 point whatever he is leading everything yeah. 
and he's also rebounding it and passing it. He averages, I don't know if it's like six rebounds and three or four assists. Now he shoots a lot, and so you kind of it's it's a weird thing to compare him to others because he shoots so much. But his field goal percentage has been up this year. It has been up, and and to the shots he makes are crazy. I mean, the shots he takes are crazy, <laughs> and, and the shots he makes. So to me, I, I think Aston Francis is the favorite to be the national player of the year until somebody steps up and proves me wrong on that. I'm, I mean, I don't know who. who be honest, at this point, you know. Yeah, I mean. Other guys, especially who are on that preseason first team, just haven't had the the seasons, or their teams haven't had the seasons we were expecting. That it, it's hard to to argue. I mean, we, geez, I don't even know. Let me see if I can even bring up the preseason. It's something well, usually it's I don't much, pay attention to. I mean, a lot of these things, you know, are all region teams are voted on by sports information directors and things, and and oftentimes stats went out in in those a lot of cases. I mean, I'd argue I think Nolan Ebel is, is probably the most valuable player in the country. Yeah, that's kind of – I got myself in a chat board scrap uh, by suggesting that the most outstanding player in the CCIW at the midpoint was, was Nolan Ebel. Yeah. And, um, I think I have a better case than it, than, than it seems to be because, uh, look, I think that if you look at Nolan Ebel's field goal percentage, his three-point percentage, and his just like his, his game-winning plays in big games – I think he has been um, the most valuable player in the CCIW. Now, how do you judge the word most outstanding? Because that's what the CCIW's award is called. I always viewed most outstanding as the most valuable. To me, I had them as synonyms. But um, Nolan Ebel has been great for a team that's ranked number one. Yeah. I mean, if I'm looking at it, I think those are the two best players in the country right now. Well, Um, it's it's interesting because if you look at the preseason All-America list, the first team consisted of Kyle Roach at Whitworth, who I think isn't having a great season. Uh, Ryan and I chatted about this earlier. I think Ben College is having a better season than Roach is having on his own team. Um, you got Joey Hewitt at Whitman. Whitman's hard to gauge because there's so many good guys, and they kind of they are such a well, team orientated unit. That one, I think Hewitt and Butler have sort of separated themselves. Those it's are true. the only real, those the only real All-American candidates. It's not a play. knock on Hewitt. I'm just saying that sometimes can be hard to gauge. Uh, no. Sorry, Jake Ross at Springfield obviously got injured. The team, we had Charlie, um, uh, Charlie Brock on the show earlier uh, in the NABC Coaches Corner, and he talked about it just things came unraveled, that also they may have come in with expectations that were wrong, that this was easier than it seemed, and they'd gotten a wake-up call. Um, you got Sam Tony in New Jersey City, who's having a good year, but also adjusting to a different team than he's had in the past. And you so, have Ryan Bruns, who I feel bad for because Ohio Northern is yeah. having an absolutely horrific year, despite the fact he's still playing well. Yeah, he's playing really well. Um, Ashton Francis was a, a second teamer. Definitely probably going to be, well, he will be a first teamer this year. Duax at Platteville, where we barely talked about. Cam Fails at Hanover. Probably He's improving, a good year, but and that team is improving, by the way, as well. That's true. Uh, they're going to be somebody that I would not want to face if they make it through that that conference tournament. You got I Ryan mean, Garver at Nebraska Wesleyan, Jonathan Patron at Plattsburgh State, but Ryan, you just pointed out that he may not even be the best player in the East Region. Um, no, and Garver is one to look at, especially if Nebraska Wesleyan goes back through. He's, I think, his assist to turnover ratio is like seven this year, which is pretty impressive. 
But you know, again, Ebel and Sh- and Shimonitz, Jamard at MIT, who hasn't he's had a good year. Cook at Nebraska Wesleyan, Heskett at Williams. We haven't talked a lot about Echeverry at Nichols is having another great year. Beckman at Hope. We haven't talked about Hope because they're off bad season. Butler we mentioned. Uh, Fuend at Roanoke. Unfortunately, not. They're not having. Uh, he might end up still being in this conversation, but they're not having a great year. Nichols at Keene State. We haven't talked a lot about. And then you got Boots at Oshkosh, who's definitely having a good year. West at Laterno, he's having a good year. Mosley at Illinois Tech. Mosley's nope. Mosley. Uh, Ruggles at Loris. And Scadlock at Williams. It's an interesting year because I think half that preseason first team might not be – or not half first team. Half that preseason list may not be on the list at the end of the season. Yeah, right, More than half. Maybe. I, I, yeah, I, I'm just trying to be fair. The guy that I thought that kind of got the snub when it came out was, was Illinois Wesleyan's Brady Rose. Of course, I'm biased, but he's – I mean, he's having a better season than a bunch of those guys like Dewey. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, look, there's a whole. Brady Rose isn't going to be National Player of the Year because he's in the league with Aston Francis and he's ahead of him. But and Ebel. Yeah, Brady Rose is, but I mean, Brady Rose's numbers are pretty much identical to, to Ebel's. Ebel's just got a better team around him. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a lot of guys that you could talk about. But I think Aston Francis just his numbers are so much above everyone else's that. Kind of he rises to the to the top there. By the way, quick update on some things. Al, uh, Olivet and Albion have played 210 times, dating back to 1899. And we're reminded by our friend Lenny that the MIA is the oldest conference in all of sport, in collegiate sport. Um, he said Mosley from IT, IIT won't be. No, we weren't saying, Brian, that Mosley was going to be a player of the year. We we're just kind of going through names off the uh, preseason All-America list of, of players that we thought could – have a conversation about it. No, I don't think Mosley would. Be I, I will just mention with uh, one Aston Francis that he is playing in his 72nd game tonight and he is only uh, 24 points away from 2000. Oh, that's ridiculous. In 72 games, he would be, he will be because he's going to get there. I think I looked it up in the history of Division Three. I think there is, I think he'll be only the third player to score 2000 points in three seasons. Wow. Yeah, that's. Pretty hard to do. I mean, That's insane. You've got, you've got a lot of guys that have scored 2,000 points, uh, and, that, and those have mostly taken four years. Right. Like, well, I guess, actually, uh, I like Eric Reich at Chicago was a four-year guy, and, and all the rest of them, but, boy, that's, that's hard to do. I looked it up, and John, John Gropberg from Grinnell, and then um, what's his name? Who's got the top? Um, Andre Foreman, right, from Salisbury, who's got the top. I think the two of them yeah. are the only other two. Um, by the way, someone made a comment. I'm checking something. Seems like maybe Mosley hasn't been playing of late. And this is what it's hard. There's 450 schools. I can't watch them all. Yeah, Mosley's only played in 15 games out of 19. That's interesting. wonder what's up there. Anyway, um, we got about 20 or so minutes left. If anybody's got questions, send them our way. And gentlemen, I'm heading back to my. Uh, you don't to need to, sir. Game. Don't embarrass yourself like that. I uh, I have to continue to follow my alma mater. So you got I a can... second computer. Put it up next to you and watch the game that way. That would be bad luck. They would lose if I did that. Actually, they've been losing the way I've been doing it. So you're probably right. Yeah. See. Uh, hold on. We got Brady Rose from the left wing. That's no good. We got a rebound and a basket. We got uh, 50, 54 to forty-one is the score. But. Oh. Uh, I had to join you guys. I felt bad. I had a little mix-up on the dates of this little. It's all right. 
I'm gathering. It's and, all right. uh, I have really enjoyed joining you two as usual. I can't wait for Selection Sunday. Oh, that will be fun. You two plus me. I think we'll try and get one more into the mix. We need to get uh, uh, Fantastic 50. Drew. Drew has become uh, just a, a wizard with the Pool C stuff. So that might be someone we try to wrangle into that fun. Yeah, well, that or he might be the perfect person that we, we have on the outside who's got the info. You know what I mean? His is phenomenal yeah yeah it, he and uh, matt do really good work i'll admit um by the way he's got a twitter account if you do you follow bob it's phenomenal what is it at d3, d3 bubble it's it is a must follow at d3 bubble for anyone that's interested in d3 in the selection process he does a really nice job of it he does um i don't remember who it was bob do you remember there was a guy 10 years ago or so who did an amazing job with all of this. Unfortunately, he had an untimely early death. Um, and it kind of left everything in limbo because there was a couple years there where we didn't have someone who could do that work. Oh, gosh, you're right. And I can't remember the, the he name. He was related to a UAA team, was he not? Yeah, and we've been lucky. We've had Matt Snyder, who does such great work. Yeah, eventually it got Drew. filled by Matt and now Drew. Um, but I'm just remember, I just, I was thinking about him the other day thinking, oh man, I remember the great work he did. Yeah. I like those guys because I can take their data and like make up a bunch of stuff that I think, but I can't do it without the data. Right. So. And I can't do the data. Yeah. You guys hey. uh, enjoy the rest of the, uh, the show. You, and it's been an honor to join you on the happy hour and uh, great job all day today, Dave. Thank you, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You enjoy the uh, rest of the game. I need to grind. I'm trying to get like a fourth, five seed in the conference tournament. I'm grinding. See you guys. Thank Take you. Take care, buddy. Bye. Um, by the way, score update. Uh, North Central leads 48-47. They, they've taken this second half so far 20-14. to There's still 11 and a half to play. And um, speaking of taking the second half, lacrosse has come out gunning. They've taken the second half so far 17-9 and have a 40-36 lead on Stevens Point. Um, Brian tells us that their rumor is that Mosley quit. Okay. Huh. It says popcorn can confirm. That's pretty funny. Um, anyway, uh, a little bit of time left. You got questions for Ryan and I? Send them our way. We'll try and answer your questions. I'm double checking if there's any emails that have come in. Don't appear to be. So we'll take this at furthest for another 20 minutes, but if we cut off sooner, we might cut off sooner. Um, we'll just keep an eye on some scores. We, it's not like we're going to dive into those games, but I just want to keep an eye on things. What else has caught your fancy, sir? By the way, you had a great couple of articles the last few weeks. Thank you. Um, try to come up with interesting stories, and, and uh, we've got a good one on tap if I can get all the phone calls nailed down. Um, I was at... Uh, the Swarthmore F&M game on Saturday, and I ran into Mike Yonda, whose son Zach graduated from Swarthmore last year and is playing this year in Ireland. Oh, um, yes. I remember you teasing this. This was really in interesting. This, he's in this program called the Victory Scholars. That There's a whole bunch of D3 graduates there that they get to go, and basically you get a master's degree in exchange for um, basically doing a bunch of youth coaching he's he's doing PE classes in elementary schools and also gets to play for a couple different um, basketball teams while he's there so um, hoping to talk to a few of the guys uh, and and ladies who are a part of that who've been d3 players and um, seems like a cool opportunity to 
he said he really liked it because Swarthmore, for most students, has a foreign study requirement. Mm-hmm. But basketball gets exempted from that because it covers both semesters. So he didn't get to go, but he's getting to do his master's degree over in Ireland, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. By the way, update. I'm now told by a, a trusted admin friend, Mosley's actually off the roster. Well, he won't be an Amer- All-American, as Brian said. Wow, too bad, because Mosley was fun to watch. Um, women's score update, end of third quarter. Thunder lead the uh, 13th-ranked Illinois Wesleyan 49-42, end of third. Keep an eye on that. Yeah, we should also point out that Aston Francis's Wheaton Thunder are down seven. Yes. Carol. Um, they cannot afford to lose that game. No. <laughs> no. Didn't they lose to Carol earlier? I forget. Somebody lost to Carol, but I don't remember who. Well, several teams have, but I know what you mean. I, I say that tongue in cheek, folks. I'm trying to find the game here. Why can't I find the game? There it is. Sorry, just took me a second. Call it up live stat wise. I have it in place as well. Yeah, 55 48 with 12.09 remaining. Yeah, Bethel, Wheaton. Bethel remains 11 ahead of St. John with just eight minutes to go. Augustana trails. Did you just say the North Central game? No. It is uh, 52 47, halfway through the second half. And. Lacrosse is pulling away further from Stevens Point. I mean, it doesn't mean much. Nine forty-eight remaining, but it's forty-four thirty-eight. Um, yeah, I just mentioned this, by the way. Yes, Stevens Point investigation continues. Um, man, it'd be nice to get that wrapped up soon. Um, I don't know when though. Can you believe that's still going on? Oh, what did the North Carolina investigation take, like, nine years or something? Yeah, I don't remember that, but there's a little difference in D1 and D3 to some degree, but uh, there's more media covering D1 that kept revealing things that the investigators in D1 couldn't find themselves. And and that's just an understanding of how these investigations do. I mean, the NCAA does not allocate a lot of money towards them. Um, Yeah. I mean, we made an argument to try and allocate more money to Division Three and leverage that board of governors vote it'd be nice if d1 sent a few extra million dollars that they've got uh towards investigations because i think they could use it to be honest um but that's a whole different conversation um last chance to talk to ryan and i uh in this happy hour before we wrap things up um old friend of mine rob carlin just chimed in on the facebook live sir uh good to see you um we have gone i have gone I've gone nine hours and 15 minutes here now. And we will only go 15 more minutes at the most because i got places to be and I need to pack for those said places. And uh, we're going to be going again to Holland, Michigan uh, to this weekend to see Hope v. Calvin 200, one of the great rivalries in, in all of college sports. And that taking place on Saturday, and I fly out tomorrow. So i got to pack. So we're not going much longer here tonight. Before we wrap things up. And as a result of that, I should point out again, I didn't mention this enough tonight. Sunday show, while we usually for Super Bowl, we'll move it up. We were already thinking about moving it, period. That will now air on Monday. Monday evening is when we will have the Hoopsville show um, at 7 o'clock. And uh, we'll probably bring some stuff back from Hope Calvin, obviously. And uh, lots of other stuff. We'll see what exactly we bring back to the table. 
Um, Ryan, is there anything you took from whether the conversations with Karen Harvey at the beginning of the show or or Sam Atkinson late that maybe didn't surprise you because you get any update I send you along, but that you really that struck a chord with you? I I'm I mean I think we hit on most of the stuff that Sam brought up that I thought was interesting just um, how specifically he was mentioning some of those secondary criteria and clearly if they spent three hours on the call yesterday um, and he's bringing those things up they're going to be important um, especially for this first ranking um, when they don't have the versus regionally ranked opponents um, to to consider. The other interesting thing, um, I was just looking at the pre-championship manual, and I think it may just be a wording technicality, but it doesn't say results versus regionally ranked opponents anymore. It talks about just the final ranking and the last public one. Um, Presumably, they're still going to use versus regionally ranked opponents for that extra one in the middle, right? But that's technically not the language. What do you mean? So they've changed. It doesn't just say results versus regionally ranked opponents and the criteria anymore in the pre-championship manual. Yeah. It says the results against teams that are in the final ranking and the one before the final, which is right. I think what they're just done before. They're just clarifying the language of what we've understood right. in the past. I just mean if you're going to be semantic about it, then their second ranking shouldn't include versus regionally ranked opponents either. Because that's not one oh, of I the see what you did there. second final, right? Because they they technically do four of them. Three of them are public, right? Um, they do four regional rankings. Be... The first one does not include results versus regionally ranked opponents. That's what I mean. Is it's just the it's. I mean, it's semantics. I'm sure they're just going to do what they do. Second, third, and final usually had V O O R. Right. I'm just saying, if they follow the letter of what that pre championship manual says, the second one well, shouldn't be. Well, let me ask you this. Is that under the heading selection criteria? Uh, it is. You're right. So that's, so that's probably the what they're just being a little semantic with the criteria. titling. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you're going there. I'll clear it up. I'll clear it up anyway. But, yeah, I think what they're basically saying there is to try and keep you from under th- to thinking that the second week's going to be involved there. Um, yep. But I see what you did there. Yeah, I, I, I totally did. I understand that. Um, um yeah, listen, here's the deal. First week, the regional rankings, let's be honest, are going to mean nothing. They give you a sense of what the committee's thinking, but they aren't using VRRO, the results versus regionally ranked opponents. And after, and that will, at least those rankings, set up week two. But once we're into week two, throw away week one. Throw it away. It means nothing. Because when we get into week three, it's based on week two. Week one means nothing. And we get to the final rankings. Week one's a distant memory. Even week two is a distant memory. Yes, week two helps get into week three, and that's where week two at least has a role. But week one just is a, is a little toe in the water. Let's us understand what the committee's thinking or see how they're maybe using the criteria. Understand, with not all the criteria, but most of the criteria. It lets us understand what they're thinking. But outside of that, it really means Jack. Well, and it's also... Um you don't have the same number of games for every team at this point either. And so your winning percentages are all over the place. And so we're SOS numbers, stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff that you don't it just, doesn't well, and that's why the once ranked, always ranked way back a few years ago actually was flawed 
because it, it included a, a week that wasn't. And it's also why the committee said they don't want to do extra rank like a ranking this week. Right. Because the data is all over the place that teams we're talk that they're talking about ranking this week and even next week would never be in the conversation at the end of the season, even right. if the results held. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's 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 certainly. I just want to. I people get so up in arms about the first week regional rankings. I can't believe so and so is not ranked. I can't believe so and so is ranked here or whatever. Chill. It, it ultimately is not going to mean anything. Um, it gives us a sense of where things are, but so much can change between when those rankings come out and even week three. In two weeks, so much can change. SOS numbers fluctuate. Win-loss, as you said, fluctuate. We don't have it even. I, I do agree with you there. The evenness, quote-unquote, evenness of week three and four makes it probably a little bit more interesting as well. Yeah. Um, got about 10 minutes, folks, at the most, and we're getting out of here. Uh, Augustana has come back. They were trailing at one point. They now lead 56-52 with six and a half minutes left. Uh, apparently, we're going to be reading on the uh, chat boards about some technical foul against somebody. Um, hey, just uh, to say, one, uh, St. Joseph, Connecticut, and Johnson & Wales are now in double overtime. Ooh. So if you want to go see Jim Calhoun go nuts, there, there you go. There we go. By the way, and also, you, Penn you State Barron has come back. What? LaRoche is now only up seven with eight minutes to go. Barron does, Barron does cut that lead in half, so might be an interesting game there. So somebody else pointed out that the swing in Naperville is because of the technical foul called on, on one of, our, of uh, North Central's players. That player was Pollock. Uh, I don't know what it was. Apparently they were on defense. Um, I'm not sure. Um, what what that means. Um, I, mean, I forgot to mention this in the Commonwealth Coast Conference. I meant to mention this earlier in the show, and I forgot. They had a wacky day yesterday. Um, first off, Drew Munez of New England, University of New England, scored 56, but then Jared Thorpe Johnson of Curry went for 59. Uh, UNE does game. run the system. So yeah, we got yeah but still, that's a lot of points in a system game for a single player. Um what was the final score in that one? I forgot the final score. It was like 130 to 80 or something. Yeah, 136 like to 90 something maybe. It was not close. Yeah, just a wacky one. Um, Stephen As Asms of Wentworth set a program record with 23 rebounds. Nice. Um, Emily Irwin of Curry uh, became the program's scoring career leader or career scoring leader. Sarah Gibbs of Gordon posted 21 points and 24 rebounds. That all took place in one night in the CCC last night. Uh, it was a heck of a night in the Commonwealth Coast Conference. Sure. Um, seems like Augustana is starting to pull away, by the way. We'll see. I don't, I got a different time. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Um... Carroll's still got a three-point lead on Wheaton with seven minutes remaining. And Wheaton still has a five-point lead in women's basketball in Illinois Wesleyan with four and a, 445 remaining. Uh, so last chance to get us questions. Otherwise, we are going to wrap this baby up. Yeah, I may need to bow out here. Bow on it. Well, if you have to bow out, when do you have to bow out? Like right now? 
Probably pretty soon. Yeah, 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 absolutely. We're wrapping up things, too. Oh, here we go. A couple things just came in. Jay, it almost sounds like an annual rumor, but word seems to be growing that the Penn State schools are looking to become one conference again with a few outliers possible. Have you guys heard anything about this? Yes, Jay, I've asked around. It ain't happening. Um, you can keep being rumors, but if it were to happen, that's at least a five- to ten-year plan. That is not something that's going to happen. Um, I just I don't see it. And, and every Penn school I've contacted about it gives me this, what are you talking about, look. No, I, I don't see this Penn State conference coming together. And, again, if it did, it's got to be a serious five- to ten-year plan to get some of those two-year schools or smaller four-year schools up to snuff. I, I just I think it's a rumor that, for whatever reason, keeps catching steam. But I don't know where it's coming from with anybody of any significance, to be honest with you. Um, maybe well, I think it's a, I think it's a local PA. I think it's a political issue. They, they're it's true too. Trying to to do some of the consolidation with some of those things, so it may not be a realistic thing. It may just be something people are talking about. Yeah, I mean, well, you saw some consolidation in in the WIAC where they're absorbing the uh, two year schools in Wisconsin, or at least taking over those two year schools administratively. But some of that has resulted in kind of absorption as well by the way steven's point you know we were talking about them earlier you know they're dealing with a financial challenge right now and you wonder how that's going to play out to some degree um with things but that's also part of absorbing those two-year schools um technical call in the wheat and carol game apparently technicals being thrown around all over the place uh in the cciw tonight by the way, North Central's come back, tied it up, 56 apiece with Augustana, 438 left. So when we get done, go and, turn uh, that one on. Both both Pierce Wofford and Micah Martin have four fouls, too. Ooh, that's huge, too. Yeah, Wofford only has six points. Oh, that's rebounds. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was sitting on rebounds. I wonder why everything looked wrong. I was looking at these point totals going, <laughs> really? Raritan's only got seven? This is, seems odd. Um, Wofford's got 15. Meredith has 18 to lead the both teams respectively. Well, well I'll let you go, sir. Uh, any final tonight. thoughts uh, here tonight? Saying, we're talking about Evil tonight, and he's having a terrible game. So, <laughs> isn't that isn't that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Any final uh, thoughts before we let you go? Uh, other than I'll just plug Yeshiva again. They're playing right now. They're up uh, fifteen or so. Mount Saint Vincent had him on the show. Had Elliot on earlier today. I love that interview. Um, it was a good interview. I, I think Ryan Terrell might be, he's in the running for the rookie of the year nationally. I don't know that he's the front runner, but he's in it. I think he got then, a, he's got a valid argument in it. Yeah. Ira's going to be upset with me, but, um, no, no, I'm saying, look at, look at Gabe Leifer as potentially the best player in the Atlantic region. If you watch that kid play, he's got weeks that he, I mean, triple-double, close to it, 15 point, 10 rebounds, 7 assist games, really skilled down low. And he's a forward. Um, he definitely should be on our All-American watch list. Um, I like how you think, sir. I like how you think. I like it. Um, I know you got to do a few things. Um, I appreciate your time and coming on. Um, Drew, let's see, what do we got going? Uh, I'll talk about this later. Uh, I appreciate you the time, sir, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Feel better. Thank you. All right, take care.
Right. Ryan Scott joining us on the uh, Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline Happy Hour show with Bob Quillman. Appreciate their time in doing that. I will say the the Happy Hour does have one drawback. Doing it earlier, not as many as our friends can join us, um, but that is the the way it is this year. Um, let's see here. Will I post pics on your Twitter? I, I don't know, Andrew. If I will, um, I, I I tend to get to events like Hope Calvin with all these plans to tweet and stuff, and then I get very focused on the game or focused on other things going on, and I don't pull out the Twitter. If anyone knows me, at the championship weekend, you hardly see me tweeting on Hoopsville because I get so busy with other things. So I no guarantees I'm going to tweet much while I'm there. Um, you might be bring back some merch for the game. That's a good point, Andrew. I might be able to do that. Andrew says WCC still does still exist. Um, I don't know what you mean by WCC. Um, that's going to wrap things up. Another successful um, show, and I appreciate everybody who tuned in to join us on said show. It is a long list, so please bear with me, and I'm going to apologize now. I try and mention every single sports information director who helps us out pull these off. I'm not going to get to everybody today, and I apologize now. The list is long. Um, scoring updates before we get to the list, by the way. Um, lacrosse continues to lead Stevens Point, 51-47, as we're closing in less than four minutes to play in that one. Um, North Central now has a 57-56 lead on Augustana with 247 remaining. Uh, looks like Wheaton's not going to – they're down nine now with 419 remaining to Carroll. Now less than four minutes to play against Carroll. 72-63 the deficit. That's starting to look bad for Wheaton. And in women's basketball, Wheaton continues to lead Illinois Wesleyan 55-52 with 127 remaining. So some great games to tune into later to be sure. Um, I appreciate all of you tuning in for the show. Thank you so much. Um, uh, going to Hope Calvin to watch or announce, Brian asks. Uh, watch. Uh, I wish. Uh, yeah, we're just going to watch. Though we might actually do a Hoopsville courtside pregame show. Uh, it's still in the works, still discussed. Yeah, it kind of affects my packing, but at the same time, I now have a cool new toy. I don't know if you can see it. I've got it hiding behind me. You might be able to see that suitcase back there. It says Pelican Air on it. That now allows me to travel with the show a lot easier. It's basically all pre-packed right now. Uh, it's really cool that way. Um, so we could take it all. The problem is, why would you take it all, right? Um, well, if you're not going to use it, but I might anyway. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about who to thank on the show. Karen Harvey from Montclair, who represents the, the Women's Committee. Thank you for coming on. Mike De McDevitt from uh, St. Joseph's Maine Women's Basketball. Daphne Thompson from SUNY Oneonta Women's Basketball. Uh, Dr. Jim Timmer from Calvin, the athletics director, former men's basketball player for coming on. Greg Mitchell from Hope, the head basketball coach, the men's basketball coach there. Steve Moore from Worcester. Great to talk to him about his men's team. Kent Dernbach from Lacrosse. Nice to have him on the show today. Gordon Mann, always great to chat with him. Candace Brown and Candace Signor Brown from Vassar. Nice to have her on the show. Stephanie Flamini from Guilford. I, I really enjoy chatting with her about the Guilford you know, setup, especially with the ODAC. Charlie Brock, great to have him on from Springfield in the NABC Coaches Corner. Elliot Steinmetz from Yeshiva talking about uh, the Maccabees. Um, Matt Logie from Whitworth. I appreciated him coming on despite the team in a two-game slide right now. More than willing to talk about that. Tim Layden from Sports Illustrated, Williams graduate. We loved having him on the show. 
Bill Finney from Marymount, former AD and head coach. We had on the show Danielle Donahue. I want to thank her, the executive director of the WBCA, and everybody at the WBCA for, um, uh, as always, a wonderful segment with her. Josh Erickson from Beyond Sports. Remember, they're the sponsor of the uh, Women's All, uh, All-Star Game this year and looking forward to seeing that. Sam Atkinson from Gallaudet, who are, who's on the men's committee chair. Trevor Woodruff from Scranton. And Jim Haney, of course, the head of officials for Division Three. Some fascinating conversations. Go back and catch some if you missed them. I can pick out a half a dozen off the top of my head that are must-watch or must-rewatches. Karen Harvey's is a must-rewatch. Um, and Sam Atkinson, along with J- J- uh, Jim Haney, those are must-rewatches, in my opinion. Uh, Daniel Donahue, I think, is a must-rewatch. Uh, I can pick up even more. Charlie Brock was a fascinating conversation. So was Bill Finney and Tim Layden. All the coaches are always enjoyable to chat with. The Hope Calvin conversation was fun. The entire show was full of great interviews, and, 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 and not interviews, but the conversations we had. And, of course, thanks to Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott for coming on during the happy hour. Um, let's see here. Jay says, awesome job again, Dave. Was with you the whole time for the marathon and the classic as well. Great job, my friend. Jay, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Brian says, experience Hope Calvin on our small gym. Tremendous environment and experience. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Hope Calvin, to be sure. Experience in our gym in the NCAA tournament, he said. Yep, I do know what you were meaning there. Um, Heck of a game in Naperville is the message. I'm going to double-check what's going on there in a moment before we get out of here. Um, Lacrosse is pulling away, 53-47. Yeah, it's 60-59, North Central here. With a minute 38 remaining, I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing here. I'm debating something. Bear with me. I probably shouldn't do this. We're going to probably do it anyway because I'm just that crazy. Um, We'll see. Anyway, uh, um, what else we got? Um, yeah, it's cutting the deficit. Wheaton has, they're down five now to Carroll in men's basketball and Wheaton women are holding on to a four point lead with 27 seconds remaining there. You know what? I'm going to sign off so you all can enjoy the finish of the, uh, Nap- of the uh, game in Naperville. I'm not going to, yeah, Brian's you're, you're pulling out. Uh, you want me to pull it up? I know. I know I might just do it. Um, so thanks to all the sports information directors that helped us as well. Um, from Montclair, St. Joseph's, Oneonta, Calvin, Hope, Worcester, Lacrosse, Vassar, Guilford, Springfield, Yeshiva, Whitworth, um, uh, Scranton, all of those sports information directors, others who gave us ideas. There's some that I, I forgot we were going to do segments uh, and their understanding of my brain fart uh, on those. Uh, a couple in the Great Lakes region, I appreciate their understanding of that. Uh, just total brain freeze on my part. A reminder, we'll, on the road, maybe doing a Hoopsville um, pregame show in um, Holland, Michigan, coming up uh, ahead of the Hope-Calvin game. It's not locked in stone, but we're, we're, we're looking to maybe do that. We will then bring back some stuff from that Hope-Calvin experience for Monday's show, not Sunday, Monday's show at 7 o'clock Eastern time. So enjoy the Super Bowl, folks. We won't do a super special necessarily for that. Um, so keep an eye on that. And um, what else? I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, that's about all I got off the top of my head now. So there you go. Uh, if you got any questions for us, you can always contact us via 
Well, you know how you can contact us. I hope you take advantage of it. In the meantime, I am going to try and call this game up. Get, bear with me as I try and reset things. A foul's been called. I can tell you that much. And uh, we're going to go in, whether we've gotten permission to do this or not, to the game. A foul has just been called. And Ira Thor trying to join the show. Sorry, buddy. I'm wrapping up the show. Um, 85%. Augustana on the line shooting, misses missing it, and North Central's got the lead, wow. 60 to 59. We'll watch it with you. Got a minute left in the game. I just heard the announcement from the PA announcer. Plays outside coast, swung around, wide open. Good passing. Big shot, North Central's up by four here. Remember, no division, no team in the CCIW has gone undefeated uh, since Augustana did it back in the mid-70s. Ball out of bounds to North Central. They've got a chance here to knock off Augustana after Augustana just became the number one team in the country this week thanks to Nebraska Wesleyan losing. Yeah, Brian, I made your day, didn't I? Ice water. Ebel was, by the way, the one who missed a free throw on a timeout called, so we'll bring it back here um, while we wait for the timeout there. We'll keep an eye on that and go back to it. So we'll, we'll finish the show on this game, keeping an eye on other scores. Uh, looks like lacrosse is going to win. They got a 56-49 lead on Stevens Point. That would further cement lacrosse in the top of those rankings or in the top of the CCIW, or <laughs> WIAC, I apologize, in the CCIW, Wheaton's come back. They now trail by Carroll, 72-70, with a minute 20 remaining. And Illinois Wesleyan in women's basketball knocked off by Wheaton, 58-52, uh, in some of those crazy scores that we've been keeping an eye on here this evening. i got to wrap this up. I said I was going to be off the air eight minutes ago. I told my wife I'd be off the air 38 minutes ago. No, Ira, I'm not taking the call. We're going back to the game and wrapping the show, sir. You are too late to join us for a happy hour. This is not the Hoopsville of old. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Uh, I'm not sure if he's even paying attention to the show. So here we go. That's Raritan who's inbounding for North Central. They've got to get it inbounds here. Can't call timeout. They do. And now Augustana will foul Raritan. Send him to the line. They can't make this more than a two-possession ball game at the line now. As Augustana still got a chance to hit a couple of shots. Brian says kids have my iPad. Oh, so Brian, you're using me to watch the game. I see how it is. Got it. Now I truly understand. He's also played every single second. Does that factor in here? Hit the first one. That's a five-point game. Again, can't do more than six. 38 seconds remaining. So there's plenty of time, folks. St. Thomas defeated McAllister in men's basketball, 94-61. Capital over Marietta, 74-57. We talked about that one earlier. I'd love to tell you what happened to the St. John's Bethel game, but I can't find it. Missed the second. Five-point game. Bringing the ball up. Nearly ran out of bounds. Foot out of bounds. Ebel stepped Turn out of bounds. Over. I could tell it from the stream. Blowing Plays an opportunity. His head and screams to the ceiling of Gregory Arena. He can taste it. 
just out of control there. They could not afford that turnover. Now if the Cardinals can knock down these free throws. Bethel's going to beat St. John's. Put this one on ice. Raritan stuck in the backcourt, throws it ahead to Koth. Whips it to Meredith and just too tall. Intended for a six foot five target. Just checking out. That if that pass was converted, well, there's been a foul. I think the game the is over oh, between Bethel and St. John's. Could that be a big oh, yeah, big it's play. absolutely out over. Bethel just so hit another. It's one second on left. Merritt Bethel's got a three-point lead. Gets to the rim. In the meantime, you saw that Merritt shot made for Augustana. 64-61, they trail. More fouling foul taking place here. This is not the guy you want at the charity strike. He's only had 15 free throws all year. He shoots 66 percent. He's 10 for 15. And now he's shooting two of the biggest free throws. So two free throws here for um, North Central again. Can't Absolutely. ice it. Final score: Bethel knocks off St. John's, 85-81. So another upset in Division Three men's basketball uh, as well. In the meantime, Lacrosse has a seven-point lead with 28 seconds left. Wheaton has a six-point lead on Carroll. Or Carroll's got a six-point lead on Wheaton with 43 seconds left. Jones knocks down a pair. Timeout by head coach Todd Rarity. So a timeout called. We'll come back here to wrap things up one more time. I want to thank my family especially for bearing with me, going uh, incognito for a few days here as I prep for the show. We're well past when I said I'd go off the air, and we will go off the air shortly. But I want to thank them for their support, including my son and, and daughter, who don't get to see Daddy very much this time of year. But, of course, thanks to the wife as well, who has to deal with some other things that I usually deal with. While I'm a little bit busy, always appreciate their support. Some of you have still asked about a fundraiser. We didn't have enough time to find something for this show. I will see what we can do for the final month of the year. Some of you clearly are interested in um, in having uh, a way of giving us giving back to us. I appreciate that, and I will uh, I will uh, find a way for that to happen. If anybody's got an idea out there of a way we can fundraise that doesn't necessarily work with a company that's going to pull a certain percentage of that away from us, that we don't need to. To supply perks and it's not that we don't want to supply perks to you it's just so difficult to manage uh if i do set one up it's going to be so simplistic on the perks the perks are supposed to drive fundraising they're a great idea but they're a pain to manage if anybody out there has experience in any of that to get us that opportunity where we can fundraise without dealing with it let us know here we are augustana Orange. down five Got fouled, so we'll go to the line here. So, again, if, if we can find a way to bring money in from you as a thank you, and that's all we want it to be, um, we appreciate that. If there's a goal, in my fine. But some way that we don't lose a huge percentage. That was what became a problem. We were losing a higher and higher percentage on, on how it was being processed and all of these other things that it wasn't fun anymore. Um, and at the same time, the perks can sometimes be hard to manage. Please let us know. Uh, we're doing some advertising, too, but that will be the way that would work out as this game is nearly over. Brian, thank you for the kind words. 66-63. I'm really hoping nobody has timeouts time left. If they can get it in without using it, that would be huge. Oh. Keep an eye on that Carroll game, too. Gets 
Final score, lacrosse beats Stevens Point. They sweep Stevens Point, 60-52 to in men's basketball. Big news there, to say the least. Uh, 11 seconds left, and Carroll's got a 7-point lead on Wheaton. Looks like Wheaton's going to take a loss they could not afford. Can you finish him off? Cardinals vacate the lane. I'm trying to remember who Carroll beat earlier this season. That got everybody's attention. Carroll is 7-13. Will be about 8-13 here. They beat Illinois Wesleyan earlier in the season. That was the game. That looks different now, doesn't it? They lost to Wheaton by 18 last time they played. All right. Five-point game again. Augustana has run out of time. This one is going to be done and dusted. Quick three. That is it. Look at that, folks. North Central has upended Augustana. And once again, there will be no champion or uh, no champ in the CCIW goes undefeated. Not that Augustana was looking at that. They want to win five straight conference championships. If they were to do that, that has never been done in conference play. But hats off to uh, North Central. That's a big win for the Cardinals, to say the least. And um, I don't think it's a tough it's loss for Augustana in any way, shape, or form, but that was the game I thought might trip up Augustana uh, this season. But hats off to North Central on that one. And, and I'll say now, thanks to North Central's uh, web streaming crew we stole that stream from. I hope they don't yell at us later for it. But congratulations, to say the least. So that's going to wrap it up. We're getting off the darn air. We have got to go. Um, again, if you are going to the Hope Calvin game, you'll see Pat Coleman and I say hi. As long as we don't look too busy. If we look like we're going on the air, don't come near us. <laughs> All right. Um, but otherwise, we'd love to see people. And looking forward to being there and uh, looking forward to taking part in all of it as well. And with that, we wrap up another successful Hoopsville Marathon. Again, go back and listen to what are great uh, interviews throughout. Share them with your friends. Share them with everybody else. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't thank Blue Frame Technology for their sponsorship. City of Salem for coming back on board with us as well. We appreciate their time. Uh, of course, uh, Wisconsin Eau Claire and Randolph-Macon Advertising. We appreciate their support. Of course, thanks to D3Hoops.com, Pat Coleman, Gordon Mann, Ryan Scott, and everybody else involved with our efforts um, for their support of the show as well, uh, and sometimes my craziness. Um, but I also want to thank... Um, the WBCA and the NABC, Women's Basketball Coaches Association, of course, Jeff in the office, uh, along with uh, Daniel Donahue, and, of course, all of those in Division Three: Pat Manning, Polly Thomason, Mary Beth Spurk. I'm going off the top of my head. I'm going to forget people. Brian Morehouse and some others who give us support at the WBCA. I appreciate it. The NABC, um, Stephanie in the office who takes emails from me, but then Charlie Brock, Pat, Pat Cunningham, Mike McGrath, Gary Stewart, um geez who else uh who help us do this show as well the um the support is, is tremendous geez bill, bill raleigh I, I gotta make sure to thank uh and others really appreciate their help as well and then the sports information directors out there who do help us especially spearheaded by guys like chris mitchell and lenny reich and um jeff bernstein uh, geez, there's countless people. There's ADs who can thank your support. Lets us do this show because we can't do this support this show without your support. We're, we're starting to ask financially there with advertising. If it works great, there's still openings by the way, for anybody who wants to advertise on this show, especially from a university or college, let us know. Um, Thank you for everybody for coming on and, and with the show to do it. Thanks to everybody who supports us. Thanks to all of you who tune in. Uh, Dan, uh, yeah, we mentioned the lacrosse one. Um, 
really, thank you to everybody. We appreciate it. We love doing this show. We'll see you back here Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Don't forget that literally in four weeks' time, we're picking teams right here on Hoopsville. We're going to get those. We're going to try and figure out who are the best teams in the country to deserve to play for a national championship. You've been listening to Hoopsville. If you want to talk about Division Three basketball, you've got to listen to Hoopsville, and I hope you did so. For everybody uh, who was our guest, thank you. For everybody who tuned in, thank you. Uh, it's been a long night. We're going to wrap things up. If you'd like to use any part of this show, oh, please, we would love it. But please at least contact us so that we can give the proper sign-offs, as it were. You've been listening to Hoopsville, presented by T3Hoops.com, from the WBCA and ABC studios, with thanks to our help from City of Salem, University of um, Wisconsin-Eau Claire, Randolph-Macon College, and, of course, Blue Frame Technology. It's been another successful sixth annual Hoopsville Marathon. We're done and dusted tonight. We'll see you back here on Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern, unless I see you at Hope Calvin, Game 200. We're headed to Holland, Michigan, and I can't wait. See you, see you this weekend or see you Monday. Good night, everybody.